sure in Jesus Christ that our hearts are divided for his glory. And just before I pronounce the topic for today, I would like to urge and beseech you, all who has an ear, let him hear what the Holy Spirit speaks to all of us now. My topic today is revival in family. Revival in family. Before even we look at individual revival, we have to look if our family is being revived. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we do thank you so much for the time that you have given us to listen to you. Sometimes we take life so easy. Sometimes we maintain our family so easy. But Lord, you are serious about our family reputations. And you are serious about how we maintain our family integrity. And therefore, dear Lord, as we sit at your feet, listen to the word of God. Let the Holy Spirit speak to us and we will listen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Proverbs chapter 24 is the text for us today. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 and 4. A house is built by wisdom, and it is established by understanding. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with every precious and beautiful treasures. You know, when we read this text, in the context of this text, the reason for the establishment of a house is not based on love. It is not based on physical attraction and relationship. It is not based on anything else, but based on wisdom and knowledge. I was so excited to go through this chapter and this verse over and over to understand where is love? Where is commitment? Where is physical relationship in these verses? Because Solomon says, after experiencing the whole family and political kingdom, finally he has come to some sort of conclusion. A house is built not based on love, not based on something else, but based on wisdom, based on knowledge. Brothers and sisters, today, many are unable to experience the revival in an individual life because there is no revival in the family. I, by God's grace, discovered in these 10 days that there is a complete availability of revival. But there is one thing blocking us 
to receive the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit because there is absence of revival in family. Love is inevitable for a family. I do understand like how you do. I do understand physical relationship is inevitable between husband and wife. I do understand. But above all, there is something that text is trying to teach us that there is a kind of wisdom needed for the establishment of the family. What is that? I have three wisdom that I would like to share with you. Brothers and sisters, if there is at least one family here in this Zoom, whether in England or elsewhere who have joined here, finding some troublous time in taking the family through peace, through unity, through love, through understanding, through clear focus and intention of that family integrity. May the Holy Spirit touch your heart, change your heart, change the focus of the family reputation. Because wisdom builds the house. Knowledge establishes the house. So as I went through the Bible, by God's grace, God gave me, which I have to give it to you, share with you, the three wisdoms that the family can be revived. Number one, found in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Every husband and wife, please listen to this and consider when the Holy Spirit speaks to us. It is not good for the man to be alone. Who says this? God himself says this. It is not good for a man to live alone. And therefore, God decides here, I will make a helper as his complement. What is the wisdom here? The wisdom is God makes a helper. Our spouse is not a slave. Our spouse is not to be neglected. Our spouse not to be despised or forgotten or to be treated as a stranger within the four walls. Rather, our spouse is the helper. This is number one wisdom. If any person lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. He will tell you our spouse is not a stranger but a helper. So the first wisdom that we cannot build house without a helper. Helper is inevitable in our families. I myself cannot be alone if my spouse is not with me as a helper because it is created, made by God himself. Because God thought it is not good. The same eyes, the same mind, which saw everything is very good. But when it came to man, man cannot be sitting alone in the house without the helper. 
That's the wisdom. Even animals love each other. Even animals have physical relationship with each other. But what is the magnanimity of the family is wisdom to know and understand that there is a helper in my life. Help for what? Help for what? Help to worship with. Help to keep the Sabbath with. And help to be by side by side. For your information, Sabbath was not made before family. Worship was not made before family. Family is the beginning. Without family, Sabbath is irrelevant. Without family, worship is irrelevant. If there is disunity in a family, if there is disunity between husband and wife, if there is no revival in the marriage bond, worship and Sabbath is irrelevant because God instituted the marriage even before he instituted Sabbath, instituted worship. That's why when there is problem between husband and wife, there is no prayer in the family. If there is problem between husband and wife, Sabbath is dull, sad, not happy, not blessed Sabbath in that family. Because family came first before Sabbath and worship. In order to prove it, I will give you a couple of uh, evidences. Number one, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 Verse 5, stop depriving one another except by agreement for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer and come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. On any way, on any way, Prayer, worship, Sabbath cannot be irrelevant due to the unity of family. One more text, First uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Very powerful text. For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of the church? I thank God for Sister Webina who prayed for all of us, including myself. If I cannot have my wife happy, if I cannot have the pride of my children in this house, what's the wisdom or how can I lead the church? How can I be example to this church? If a man cannot have the family in God, he cannot run the church because family and the church goes together. Let me give you a couple of thoughts from the spirit of prophecy. But before that, let me give a, an illustration for us to understand. You know, life is so short at this moment. Completely, tomorrow is uncertain. We don't know. We don't know. There are many stories coming here. And I have picked up one story which happened in Texas. A heartbroken woman has shared the final love letter 
from her husband wrote to her before he passed away due to covid 19 billy just 45 years old admitted to macmillan medical center texas with the coronas but on 26th november sadly passed away but before 3 days he texted as a letter to his wife maybe that letter should teach us a lesson because how long we will have dispute in the family how long we don't understand our spouse is ordained anointed helper in my family and i would like to quickly read that letter i want to know that i am fighting very hard every day for my life i do it for you so that i can see you again billy is writing this letter to his wife sonia i do it for you so that i can see you again you are the most important person in my life and i miss you every day i know i am not always the perfect man i want to be but i do my best you for me have always been perfect even when i say you are not and i get mad 99% of the time i am wrong you are right and i love that i make it through this i promise to be a better man in god uh, life as a husband you have always deserved the best and i if i get a second chance i will do it if i don't make it i want you to know that i lived a happy wonderful life with you and would never have traded it for all the riches in the world i also want you to be happy and continue to live your life without me with no regret we had our time and it was wonderful i love you and miss you very much i will keep fighting love billy that was the last words from billy 45 years old you know as i said many times all this problems and disunity until our breath is in our nostril we have to understand wisdom establish house a family number 1 our spouse is the helper not an enemy it's not a employed helper it is ordained and anointed by god and god himself gave the helper councils for the churches page 125 it says christ came not to destroy this institution but to restore it its original sanctity and elevation he came to restore the moral image of god in man and he began his work by sanctioning the marriage relationship i'll give you one more text as well in page 127 marriage marriage a union for life okay this morning a sabbath school teacher taught us about the sign at the end but i'll give you one more in the name of jesus marriage 
a union for life is a symbol of the union between Christ and his church. Marriage is not simply a relationship. It is the symbol on the earth. How church and Christ are together, so also me and my spouse are together. It is the symbol of the union between Christ and his church. The spirit that Christ manifests toward the church is the spirit that husband and wife are to manifest toward each other. That is revival. That is revival. Revival will not open the sky, pour upon us. No, it comes through your heart, through your family, because that is the symbol of the union between Christ and his church. Brothers and sisters, wives and husbands, think about it. Who is your helper? They are ordained by God as the helper. Man who has no helper is helpless in this world. Number two. What is the wisdom that God is trying to teach through Proverbs 24? Because the house is built by wisdom. Number one, wisdom is we have to understand and accept helper is our spouse from God. And anyway, we can't despise the helper that God has given. Number two is found in Mark chapter nine and uh, ten verse nine. Mark chapter ten, verse nine. Therefore, you see the wisdom there. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. How do you read this? How do you read this? You know how I read that. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no system separate. Here is the wisdom, second wisdom. What is the second wisdom? Don't make the civil laws to separate your family. In other words, civil laws are not ordained to separate you. Let no man separate you. What do you mean by this? No man, no system can separate you. Civil laws are government laws are not ordained by God to separate you. Because people take as an advantage that there is 100% possibility for us to be separated if we go to the government to say, okay, we want to be divorced. God has not authorized it. God has not permitted it. You know, people are going to unordained people to split the ordained relationship. Let me give you a couple of texts to prove that. Because people are going to unordained people to divide, to separate, to divorce the ordained, anointed relationship. If any of you has a grievance against another, how dare he goes to the law before the unrighteous instead of before the saints. Bible itself says unrighteous. The people who are sanctioning the divorce already got divorced. 
the people who are sanctioning the divorce already passing through family problem and we are going to them and asking to sort out their problem that is ordained by God. The revival should come from family. Malachi chapter 2 verse 15 and 16. It says, I hate divorce. Who says? God himself. Jehovah. Elohim. Yahweh says, I hate divorce. Says the Lord God of Israel. So guard yourself in the spirit and don't break faith. Don't break faith. Please allow me to speak about Sister Doreen, who is one of our sisters. Sister Bebina is a witness. There are many times we try to reconcile with Bishop. And at every end of the conversation, Bishop used to ask, okay, Pastor, ask her to give me the ring. Give me the ring. Give me the wedding ring. I don't know about their culture, but taking the ring is like just a mutual divorce. Many times he used to ask, give me the ring. Give me the ring. You know, Sister Doreen is a very lovely lady. She used to say every time until Bishop's death. Pastor, you know what? This ring is ordained by God. And no man in this world is able to take this ring from me. It is not simply a physical, but it is the relationship ordained by God. No civil laws are ordained to separate the ordained and anointed marriage. Council of uh, Church, Council for Churches, page 126. Sister Ellen G. White very clearly uh, says this. I like that. You have united in a lifelong covenant to gain a proper understanding of the marriage relation is the work of a lifetime. Many people disconnect the wedding in three years, in five years, or in ten years. Okay, here the inspiration says, it is not five years. You will never learn about marriage in five years or ten years. It is lifelong. It is lifelong education. Those who marry enter a school from which they are never to be graduated. There is no graduation. Nobody can say, I have successfully completed marriage. No, 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 no. You will never be graduated because it is every day, every day, every day. And Sister Ellen Jewett writes a letter to her sister. My sister, you are now to learn your first practical lesson in regarding to the responsibility of married life. Be sure. Be sure, I'm unable to read it, let me put it this way. Okay. Be sure to learn these lessons faithfully day by day. If we think to divorce, we are saying, I am idiot and I can't study the lifespan, life's lesson. Because Sister Allergy White says, it is every day, every day you have to learn. Don't give way to discontent or moodiness. Don't long for your life of easy and inactive. God constantly against giving way to selfishness. 
It is not one day's business. It is not 10 years' business. When we took vow at the wedding day, we said, until death do apart. Suppose if we divorce, I'm sorry to say this, we are dead. Because that's the vow we have taken at the wedding day. Until death do apart, I will never forsake you, leave you in riches and poor, in health and in sickness. Because that is wisdom. If you think family is built based on love, no, 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 no. Even wild animals have love. If you think the family life is based on sexual relationship, even animals and birds and fishes have. But it is wisdom. What is that wisdom? Civil law are not ordained by God to separate ordained marriage. Number three, and the last. Mark chapter 10, 7 and 8. Mark chapter 10, 7 and 8. Very beautiful lesson. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. If you think to divorce, if you think to separate, you are committing suicide. It's, it's not two, it is one flesh. How can you separate half of your flesh apart? You can't do that. We have no right to do that. It's not authorized. What is the wisdom about the marriage? It is blending of two lives together. Number one, God has ordained the helper. Number two, civil laws are not ordained to separate ordained relationship. That's wisdom. Because many people think to go to the court to get divorced. No, court is not ordained by God to divorce our relationship. And number three, marriage is the blending of two lives. You know, in the Bible, there are only three things are blended together. Just three things. I, I, I didn't find fourth one. Just three things. Number one, Trinity blended together. You can't separate it. Three, Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit blended together. You can't separate it. You have to consider it as one God. And number two, you can't separate church and Christ. That's blended together. You can't separate it. Nobody can separate it. And number three, and that's it. God put full stop there. Husband and wife cannot be separated because they are not two, but one. How can you separate one in one? You can't. As Christ and church cannot be separated, as God the Father and Son and Holy Spirit cannot be separated, so also the third wisdom we have to understand about the marriage life is these two cannot be separated and that's revival. Revival in family is not simply to get some boost into the family. No, it has to be saturated in our lives by our wisdom and knowledge because house is built by wisdom. By wisdom. 
a couple of uh, inspiration, then I will finish. Page 130, it says, Though difficulties, though difficulties, perplexities, and discouragements may rise, let neither husband or wife harbor the thought that their union is a mistake or a disappointment. The inspiration says, nobody should say, my marriage is a disaster. My marriage is wrong. Let neither husband nor wife harbor the thought that their union is a mistake or a disappointment. Determine to be all that is possible to be each other. Continue the early attentions. In every way, encourage each other in fighting the battles of life. Steady to advance the happiness of each other. Let there be mutual love, mutual forbearance. Then marriage, instead of being the end of love, will be, as it were, the beginning of love. The warmth of true friendship, the love that binds heart to heart, is the foretaste of the joys of heaven. The next one. And it says, Satan, this is please uh, all the family members. Satan is ever ready. He's just waiting at the door. When you will fight. When you will have argument. Even if you say, because of joke, I want to divorce you. Still, Satan is waiting to take it as an advantage. Satan is ever ready to take advantage when any matter of variances arises. And by moving upon the objectionable, hereditary traits of the character in husband or wife, he will try to cause alienation of those who have united their interest in a solemn covenant before God. And the next one is so powerful. In the marriage vows, they have promised to be as one. The wife covenanting to love and obey her husband. The husband promising to love and cherish his wife. If the law of God is obeyed, the demon of strife will be kept out of the family. And no separation of interest will take place. No alienation of affection will be permitted. Brothers and sisters, Billy Graham said, a good marriage or a happy marriage is the union of two good forgivers. It's very easy nowadays. People don't want to quarrel or people don't want to battle. They just say, all right, let's end it. Very simple, you know. It's like eating manga and throw the seed out. Very simple. But God says, you have to battle to maintain your married life successful because God is watching and the angels are witnesses of your vows at the wedding day. Just a few years ago, 
I visited a family. Then I had just a half an hour conversation. Then I finished and prayed. Then I said, okay, thank you so much. And we will visit again. So I went to take my shoes. So the husband followed me, but she went inside. You know, sometimes God speaks to us. And God said, Melky, no, the situation is not good. Go back. So I asked him, where is your wife? Don't worry, Pastor. She's inside. She's gone. Now I said, no, I want to see you again. So I put my shoes up and came inside. Okay, come, let's sit again. Do you have any problem? You know, that question actually took another three hours. Three hours. The problem in that family is they are discussing to divorce. They were discussing about divorce. They were trying to agree themselves, okay, let's separate. And after three hours, I discovered the reason for the divorce is not the problem, but who should apologize? Who should apologize? Okay, both are waiting. Okay, you ask forgiveness. And she expects him to do that. So the problem actually harbored in some other place. But the problem at the moment for the divorce is who should come to reconcile? Who should take the first step? Three hours, I wrestled. Talk to man or talk to that girl. And today, they are actually divorced. They are divorced. Not because of the problem raised in the family. Problem is actually simple. But the problem is ego, stubborn-hearted. Who should step first? That's not Christian life. That's not revival that we are praying and struggling for. That's not a Christian attitude. While we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still enemies to the Lord, God gave his son to die for us. That's Christianity. That's revival in family. Family or house is not built based on love, based on sexual relationship or any other thing, but based on wisdom. What is the wisdom? God has ordained me a helper. Civil laws are not at all ordained to separate or cancel the ordained relationship. And number three, very powerful, that God says marriage is the blending of two lives as one. If you do understand this, we will be revived. Church will be revived. We will not go for soul. Souls will come to our church because we are role model to this community. They impact the community because of our family revival. May the Lord bless us as we hear the Holy Spirit speaks. Oh dear Lord, bless our marriage life. And that should be our prayer. Whatsoever the problem may be, God has given wisdom 
to sort it out for his glory. If there is anybody here who's really struggling in your family, I'm going to do the prayer of commitment. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to help you to reconcile, to come forward. You can ask your wife or you can ask your husband, okay, right, what's after all gone wrong? Let's come together, reconcile, talk to each other, love each other and understand each other. Let's move forward. After all, people are dying. Thousands, thousands are dying. I don't know how long I'm going to live. I don't know how long you are going to live. But as long as we live, let's work together our marriage life successfully so that our children will not take us as an example in their lives. They should not apply our own philosophy in their lives. Rather, the parents should be a very good role model for our children. Therefore, they should not think about it. The world is slowly, steadily becoming like Sodom and Gomorrah in the context of marriage. Let's be aware. We are remnant people. And God bless you. And I just want you to bow your heads, particularly husband and wife. Commit yourselves and re-commit yourselves to the hands of the Lord, and God will mend your family. Oh, dear Lord, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that you have given us to rededicate our marriage. Marriage is not for the period of time, but until our death, we have to uphold the integrity, the magnanimity of the marriage life. Marriage is not fun just to enjoy for a few years and get rid of it. Our children's birth is not accident of that marriage life. Every mother's womb is also considered as temple. Because that's where the prophets are born. Anointed people are conceived. And therefore, marriage is a sanctified institution that God himself instituted. Therefore, dear Lord, let the revival begin in families. If there is any family here crying in their hearts, how long the struggle how long the battle? How long will I fight with him, fight with her? How long I will quarrel with her? Dear Lord, please come by now. Go to their families because you are the head of the family. Talk to them. If it is necessary, slap them. Ask them to sit and talk to them so that Satan will be chased out. Bless their marriage life, dear Lord. Bless us, bless us, so that we can be an example to our children. Continue to sanctify our wedding life. Thank you so much, dear Lord, for bringing the revival in our family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.
Daniel chapter 12 verse 3 says, Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of heaven, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Amen. Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace today and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Truly and truly. We were blessed by that powerful message. I want to thank the Lord for today's uh, program. We all have been blessed by what all happened during the Sabbath school as well as during the divine service. And I uh, want to thank all the participants beginning from Sabbath school onwards down to um, uh, the divine service. Your uh, stories, your prayers, your uh, talks, uh, and your singing 
and uh, your reading, everything was truly inspiring. But I really want to thank the Lord for today's message. You know, that was a soul-stirring message, thought-provoking message. And I'm sure, uh, you know, you all would have felt the same impact uh, that it made in my heart and in my heart and in my mind. You know, it, it kind of uh, impounded uh, the, uh, the very uh, core of uh, our being because uh, family, marriage is such an important thing. And I want to thank the pastor for reminding us. Even though it's uh, almost uh, 19 years we were married, it was, it was almost like a, a, a marriage as a sermon to me and to my wife. We, were, we both were truly blessed. And I'm sure the same experience that we both felt today, even every other spouse and every family would have felt, I really want to thank the Lord for inspiring you, Pastor, for this message. It was uh, truly a God sent. In fact, the, 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 the story that you told about Billy and uh, uh, Sonia, uh, you know, it, it, it really brought tears to my wife's eyes and uh, I was trying to hold my tears as well, you know, because such a, oh, it, it was a life uh, uh, touching story. And I'm sure every family, every spouse we will truly value, have wisdom to capture uh, the essence of what you have said today, of what true marriage and revival in family is. And I'm sure we will imbibe this message today so that we will be inspired to live by what the Lord has taught us through pastor. Thank you, pastor, once again. May God bless you and your uh, ministry. Uh, I want to thank all the participants and all the members. Have a wonderful Sabbath. Have a wonderful lunch. But make sure 3.30, be back. Because it's about what is the soul. Come back, please, at half three. God bless you till then. Have a wonderful Sabbath. God be with you till we meet.